everyone. Welcome to the X-Factor Files podcast. I'm Daryl. And I'm Philip. And we are back with issue 31 of the series. Finally getting the resolution to that cliffhanger. Um, but we've been busy this past week or so. Yeah, we have. It was American Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's a lot of food. And then Black Friday and Saturday were big museum days for you. Yes, I had to work. So... Um, I did not get to uh, fully enjoy a long weekend, but it was great seeing people come in to where I work and really enjoy stuff. So that was fun. And we also got to meet up with Chandler from X Reads, the podcast, and Dylan from House of X. And we had a double date on Friday. Yeah, it was super fun. We went to a game slash comic store. We went to a local brewery and played some games including the X-Men Alert board game from 1993. Yes. And we decided that Wolverine is super overpowered and should never be used, and Professor X is super useless. Yes, he's on the other side of that spectrum. He really is. He's only two hit points. Yeah. So, like, oh, he has an ability. You can use extra dice. That also raises your chance of getting an evil mutant hit. Yes. So, I did terribly in the that game both those games yeah we played twice it was not great i i never made it past the starting line no that's okay it was real sad it was fun to play with folks yeah and we hit up a different comic store so my local one that i go to every week which is comic book college in the twin cities highly recommend it they had a great sale going on for 30 percent off back issues so I got some stuff for Fantastic Four and X-Force. And then I went back yesterday, which was Saturday, after work, and picked up a few more things and found a ton of X-Factor investigations in a quarter bin. Yes. So um, I had to adopt them all. We will figure out what home they're going to after this. But... um, it was something I couldn't pass up for a quarter. It was like 50 issues. And you found the last bits of the Shatterstar stuff that I needed? Oh, yeah. We found a few issues from that series that you need to complete your reading of the miniseries from sometime. We'll cover it at some point. Yeah. Um, but also a different Shatterstar series by Rob Liefeld. So. Yes. There's a lot of Shatterstar in your future. Fun fact, we are recording upstairs with the buns. So there is a little bit of their socialization happening. But dear listener, if you remember past episodes when Asta was out and we recorded, she would hop up here and then walk across the computer. Yes. Yeah, so what no delete the whole delete the whole recording. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. No guarantee it won't happen again. So this issue. Unless there's other news that we need to cover. I'm, uh, I don't think there is. Oh, you're reading Generation X now. Yeah, it's super fun. Yeah, you got a hankering for it last night while I was reading a book on Norma Shearer. Well, the, a disappointing wrestling show was happening. Yeah, so you're like, where's Generation X? And I went down and dug out the issues. Because I thought I was so sure that you had an omnibus. No, I have so many. <laughs> I know it was just the uh, origins of Generation X, which I just sold on eBay. Oh. And that's only like the first couple issues, and it ties into Phalanx. Covenant. Yes, there's got there've been some references to Phalanx and then the Legacy Virus. 
Yes. So I'll have to get some context on those things. Yeah. And you'll see Generation X is a fun journey. There, It's hit or miss sometimes with issues and with art. Yeah, I mean, they have. there's not a, a set face for skin. Yeah. Or hairstyle for Jubilee. Yeah. But I love how Jubilee is like, when I was hanging out with the X-Men and the others are like, yeah, we heard those stories before. Yeah. Moving on. So. Well, I'm excited you're going on that journey. Yes. The cover date for this issue is July of 2008. And we have a lot going on in that month. First of all, Josh Hartnett turns 30. Oh. Josh Hartnett, Minnesota native. Yeah. He, where has he been since Pearl Harbor? Um, Penny Dreadful. Oh. He was soon worthy in that. Huh. And then there's something else. But I can't even but think not of. in like the last 15 years. Yeah, Penny Dreadful. I watched after I moved back to Minnesota in 2016. You watched a lot when you moved back, though. Like, you binged a lot of TV. I know. I didn't. And I was... it, not all of it was new. That's, that's fair. Um, I was newly returned. I didn't have friends yet. No. Enchanted star Amy Adams is going to marry her boyfriend of six years, Darren Legallo. Did that last? No. Um, I don't know if they even got married, but I wanted to mention, you know, Amy Adams and Enchanted because Disenchanted just came out like a week and a half ago. Yeah. And it was fun. It's a fun little movie. Yeah. Maya Rudolph. Fantastic. Yes. Cast her in all the things. Apparently Amy Adams got a start in Chanhassen Dinner Theater, which is like musical theater that you go get supper at. Yeah, that you bring like your snot-nosed elementary school children to. Yes. Um, uh, Jimmy Kimmel and comedian Sarah Silverman have ended their five-year romance. Oh, I didn't know they had a romance. Oh, yeah. They were like a comedy couple. Power couple. Yeah. So, uh, um, that was, uh, I mean, they've both gone on to do different things. Yeah. And that means that they were going out starting in like 2003. Oh. I feel like I really enjoyed Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Dorian Lee, the woman called America's First Supermodel, has passed away at the age of 91. Oh. I thought that America's First Supermodel was Janice Dickinson because that's what they always said on America's Next Top Model. Mm, I... That was like her tag, like, America's First Supermodel, Janice Dickinson, just like noted fashion photographer, Nigel Barker. We. Uh... Was it last episode? We made a reference to um, Just Shoot Me with Wendy Malick in it. Yes. And Janet Dickinson reminds me of that caricature that Wendy Malick played. Yes. Only she seems real. Like in real life, that's how she is. And there's a Black Friday sale on the complete series of Just Shoot Me on DVD, which may be arriving next week. <laughs> oh, my. It's, it's a fun show. Like, that's a DVD I can pop in and just enjoy. Yeah, it was a good filler show. X-Men star Rebecca Romaine and her husband, Jerry O'Connell, are expecting twins. She's so cool. I know. So is he. Yes. They seem just like a nice couple. 
Oh, well, you can probably hear Asta is running around. She's doing her Zooms and it's very exciting. And she is also exploring the bathroom. We, Nick explored the bathroom this morning. Oh. I heard his little nails tap tapping on the floor. He's getting brave. And then he got scared and came out of it. Yes. He also got brave on Thanksgiving Day when we weren't there and went across the kitchen and back upstairs to hang out with Nora. <laughs> Fun fact, dear listener, Nick can do stairs going up. He cannot do stairs going down. At one point at my place, he had gone upstairs and was hanging out under my bed. And the aunt tried to retrieve him because she was supposed to be watching them. And she got the broom to get him out from under. And Nick could do two stairs down to like a little landing thing. But then he got scared. (laughs) And had to be carried the rest of the way. Oh, no, thank you. No, no. (laughs) Comedian Andy Dick was arrested on suspicion of drug possession and battery after an evening of drunken, inappropriate behavior. This is after Voyager? Yes. Okay. Because that episode he was in was decent. Yeah, Andy Dick. But I didn't like his character at all. He was funny. The Andy Dick show from MTV is a classic in my my world, it is. Um, But yeah, he's gone through some stuff. Yeah. The Dark Knight comes out in theaters the same day as Mamma Mia. I know which one I'm going to. Really? Yeah. I guess that was when I was in Washington. I thought it was late. Mamma Mia was later. No. Oh. And the top song was I Kissed a Girl by Katy Perry. Ugh. That's some gay baiting. Yeah. All right, let's dive into this issue. Awesome. So the cliffhanger was... uh, Mutant Town was going to blow up because the dude had a trigger within him. And he drank some poison. He drank some poison. Okay, so. Having survived Arcade's death traps, X-Factor has broken into his hidden Mutant Town headquarters only to discover a disgraced purifier named Taylor. Drummed out of the purifiers because he was tricked into accepting the undercover Richter into the fold, Taylor hired Arcade to exact revenge upon the team. With plan A having... Oh, hello. There's an Asta. Oh, hello. Oh, she she would like to be on uh, mic as well. It's like she knows that we're recording. She does. Oh, okay, oh, bye. Bye. Okay, back to the recap. <laughs> uh, Taylor hired Arcade to exact revenge upon the team. With plan A having failed, plan B is now enacted. As Taylor's death will trigger a series of bombs throughout Mutant Town... And having poisoned himself just before X-Factor arrived, Taylor's death is looking pretty darned imminent. Oh. So. We cut to an old man. He's talking about his wife. Yeah. He's sad. She de- She's dead. He's a widower. Yeah. And basically saying like, oh, you know, she used to say that nothing is ever new. History basically just repeats itself. Yeah. But there's kind of stunning art like it's a inset of him looking up at something and then you see that he's looking up at this view on the rooftops of this death net basically yeah that's that is some... covering mutant town yes so um we get some goons i would say hanging out in an abandoned building yes and 
They're just talking amongst themselves, what's happening, place all going crazy. Um, whole thing's calmed down. The jungle thing is gone at least, so at least there's that. Yeah. And no sign of X Factor. They have feelings about X Factor. Everyone seems to. Setting them up as the protectors of Mutant Town. We didn't need their damn protection. And they're calling themselves the XMs? X-Mutants. I know, but it sounds like a radio station. It's Sirius XM. Yes. So, um, some other dude is like, oh, we're calling this the Middle East side now because there aren't actual mutants anymore. And he gets roughed up a little. Mm. They have to remember who they are. And then we cut to a comedy club called The Punchline. Yeah, and it's a fire in the background, but it's far away. And the person telling jokes looks like Lisa Lampanelli. I don't know who that is. She's a female comedian. Oh. It, it's giving me Lisa Lampanelli vibes. I mean, it's very mid-2000s, like Wisteria Lane sort of a look. True. Like the sweater over a cardigan, over a polo. Yes. And her, her jokes are not landing. Nope. Paula is not doing well. No. So, yeah. Trying to get people to have a heart, as they say, you stink. Or maybe Paula Poundstone. That could have been a Paula Poundstone illusion. Oh, another with, female with the comedian. Red hair? Yes. Yeah. I do enjoy Paula Poundstone. Um, but there's not a big red polka dot suit. Oh, yeah. Okay. You may hear in the background that Nick would like to get out to romp with Asta. He is just rattling his door. He is sometimes brave. And sometimes he gets really bad FOMO. Yeah. He really does not like missing out. But we're going to continue on. Yeah, we are. Because we finally got to X Factor. Yeah. They are trying to do CPR on Taylor. And yeah, they're in the old bar. In Arcade's headquarters. Yeah. Which is the old bar. Yes, the power plant. Yes. And Richard's trying to do stuff on the computer, but he would need like, days and cpr on this guy is not going to last days yeah but maddox is trying uh monet emerges from the hole with arcade in tow her hair has recovered yes for those who are concerned i may have been one of those people (laughs) and yeah she even tries to do a mental scan because richard's not having any luck with the computer Mm -hmm. and she's not getting anything so he's like, I have a fail safe. I have a psionic blocker, blah, blah, blah. And Richard just punches him across the face and like his face flies off. And it's a robot. It's a robot. It's like a doom bot. It is. Fun fact, the She-Hulk is super fun. The latest issue of the current She-Hulk series. Yes. yes. There was a doom bot who, I don't know, I just was a bit delusional. There's a lot of really good characters yeah. in She-Hulk. Yes. But we digress. There is a punched out robot arcade on the ground. And yeah, Richard's having a tantrum. I mean, deservedly so. So there's explosions in the background. Taylor has heart has officially stopped. And yeah. Maddox is having, in his text box, is having a defeated moment. He's won, we've lost, we sprint out there knowing 
The only thing left to us is damage control. And, but they know that they're safe because Arcade would not have rigged up his own headquarters to blow up. Right. So they're going out to try and save as many people as they can. Yes. So they're in like one of two safe locations. We'll get to the other one, either this issue or next issue. But so Arcade, Arcade gets up. It's not actually a robot. It's a robot mask on top of his face. It is. So he had faces on faces. He did. Faces. He was serving face. Yes. He was serving multiple faces. Yeah. Which I think is an appropriate use of that phrase. Yeah. Um, memo to me go back to using robot duplicates that was a little too close to comfort so, so he really does have psionic blockers yeah I mean he has the money how and the technology does he have like a circus empire that funds his evil schemes I don't know we'll look him up in some of the some of the other issues that I got I'm sure there's a data card I got the master edition of the Marvel Universe handbook so I have a lot of it, mm. and it's a random smattering of people with each issue. Okay. So oh, the faces on the cover. Yes. Yes. So we get our, is it the splash the, page? This is the big double splash page. And it's the, it looks like the Tholian net from Star Trek. It's just a dome of glowing net. Or it looks like the dome from Stephen King's Under the Dome. Oh. Uh and it says the Middle East side is burning. That's the title of our issue. It is still part of the Divided We Stand event loosely. It basically it's just branded on the cover. And they're throwaway references in these few issues where they talk about how the X-Men are no longer together. No X team is together except for X Factor. Like that's tossed oh. in in conversations. Well, good for them. So uh, the next page, we're getting Val Cooper. Val Cooper. She wants a response now, bitches. She is on the outside. Uh, looking in. And she's with some firefighters and the crisis response folks. And they are seeing the city burn. Um, so, yeah, she's trying to get Tony Stark over there to help fix it. And... YouTube has been a thing because we don't need YouTube videos of him standing here looking as helpless as the rest of us. Yes. And people try running out of the net. The firefighters spray them and they're they're gone. They are gone. They're crispy. It is not great. No. So the the film noir text bubbles. Uh, what do you do when it's not enough and it doesn't come close to being enough? And you're left to stand there helplessly and, and rage against the limits of your ingenuity with no worse feeling in the world. Which is which coincides with Val Cooper saying quietly into her phone, get Stark here now, looking sad after those people had died. Yeah, isn't Stark, they mentioned where he was, like somewhere in Ohio or something, they think. Yeah. I don't know what that means, and I really don't care enough about Iron Man to find out. Yeah. So she she's showing signs of heart. Yeah, I uh, at some point I'm going to take a diversion and read some uh, back issues of original Peter David X Factor. Oh, or like yes. that '90s team because he was he didn't write them for the entire '90s, so not like the original five X Men, but when it transitions to, to the being government the government team. team. Yeah, that's yeah, Val Cooper. It 
I have it all downstairs. Oh. And you were distracted by some of the covers that you were seeing while we were flipping through boxes. Yes, because they had really cool art. They do. I... Like peak 90s art. Oh, I was going to say like an Art Deco flashback. Oh, do you mean issues of this one or 90s? 90s. Oh, we'll have to dig through the box so you can show me. I think. Yeah, they okay. were on comic, comic book college. Mm. In Roseville, Minnesota. <laughs> Also, they're super nice, super nice crew, and they have a good selection of back issues. Yeah, and they've got some extreme X-Men short boxes. They do. And I almost got you an Andor, no, yeah, Andor, Cassian. What's his face, Cassian? Yes, Cassian Andor. Oh, that is his name. Yes. Oh, yes. So now we go back to the errant youths hanging Mm. out in the warehouse, and it is now on fire. And one of them, you can tell, is clearly an ex-mutant because he has, like, spiky, pink, crystally hair. Yeah, crystally is a good description. Yeah. Um, so they're trapped. What are you going to do? We're just, we're going to get out of here. But that's, they're just going to wait it out, apparently. Yeah, like, the city is legit burning all around you. And you're like, I'm going to stay in this building that can probably go up in flames and the steam pipes are bursting which apparently is not a good sign no uh, their doors are hot like did did you ever go to like city festivals or fairs where they or at your school do they ever bring the firehouse no it would so like the fire department would bring this house that all the kids would have to go through and it simulated smoke and a hot door and everything so you could learn oh really yeah Oh. So you uh, would go in there in like little groups of like four and they'd close you in this room and pump like fog underneath the door and you would touch it and it'd be warm. So then you'd have to go to the window where they had like the slide so you could be rescued. I mean, we were just on different sides of the Twin Cities, but we had very different school experiences. I know. So speaking of a hot And door this handle... isn't even bougie. This is public schools. <laughs> so... Um. The old guy on the rooftop is um, trying to get back down again, and the door handle to the stairwell is super hot. It's hot. You know why? He knows that, because he went into the firehouse. Because <laughs> he went to public school. Yes. And knows things. And he's saying, not good, Nathan. Not good, as you get like a pan away shot with him up on top of the roof. Our comedian is underneath some lights that have fallen, because similarly... The ceiling of the club is hot, too. So things are falling. And she's caught under some lights, and she's asking for help. And this dude is just like, you stink, as he runs out. And, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. My name's Paula. I'll be here all week. Be sure to tip your waitresses as, like, fire and smoke take over the panels that she's in. She's still pursuing shtick. Yes. So uh, she, uh, she well trapped. Yes. Um, Richter is still trying computer stuff. Yeah, he went back in, saw the corpse, um, even wondered out loud, where did the robot go? <laughs> <laughs> it must have had a self-destruct. There's no parts. There's no singe mark. I know. Like, Richter, put it together. So he's giving us some exposition as to why he's here. Mandrak said the best way to be useful is to come back here and try to find a way to bring down the barrier. So come on, Victor, make the earth move. 
he he's doing well with the art. He's looking yeah. far cuter than he has in a long time. I I don't want to give you any bad news about the art, but in like three issues, because I've read ahead like 20 issues past this because I just got in a kick in the past week and I'm like, I'm gonna go. Um in like three issues, the art takes such a turn. But then it comes back again, right? It d- does after like five issues. Oh, that's not bad. I thought you were going to say like 15. No, it's like five. It's, I'll get your thoughts on it then. I have, I think it's real rough. Like it is not what we are used to here. No. Siren, she's in the comedy club. She's going to rescue our lovely Lisa. Yeah. And her, the comedian's name is Paula. So maybe it is a Paula. Oh, not Paula. Oh, yeah. Reference. Not Lisa. I think she's like she, she looks like Elisa to you. She looks like Elisa Lampanelli a little bit yeah. to me. Um, but she's rescuing Paula. Paula's leg is broken. She's in rough shape. Or something else. Like she can't stand. And oh. Terry asks, Can you stand? And she says, Not with my okay. legs. And Paula says, You sound Irish. A leprechaun walks into a bar. <laughs> and Teresa says, Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> She's heard it all. And as she's getting Paula out, there's a crash. And we get our E. Finally, uh, she E's out of there. Yeah. And uh, all of it, if you notice the coloring in this issue, it's all fiery. Everything's orange or red in terms of coloring. Except for X Factor. Like, I mean, Madrox's thought bubbles are always green. Right. But also, but this E. Yeah. And her little, like, whoosh behind her. And the, the the whooshy bounces because she inhaled some smoke. So her E sort of and then she, petered out. She bounces on the ground. Yeah. Um, Luckily, Paula is not injured further. And we, we find out what happened to Paula. She used to be a mutant who could activate the pleasure centers in people's brains. So everyone thought her jokes were good. Yes. She used to be able to make people laugh regardless of what was happening. And not anymore. So... Um, and they're like, is it raining? And it's John Guy. So he's opened up a hydrant? Yeah. He is pulled it out of the ground. There's like a little oh, pipe yeah. there, and he's holding it like... <laughs> like those, it's a fire hose. Like but... those status women hold their dogs. Oh. This is Guido's version of... A fire extinguisher, but just the yes. whole hydrant. Yeah. So he's trying... So um, the thought bubble is, the thing is, when you're faced with a total sense of hopelessness, you just have to fight through it, come up with new angles, new ideas, do anything you can. Sometimes it's just taking, it's just a matter of taking a leap of faith Mm. and being there when people need you. So he ran off, strong guy did. Um, So coming with new angles, he's looking up at a window, do anything you can. So he's, then you're looking down on strong guy. Mm -hmm. The Leap of Faith panel is the person and her small child leaping from the building. And so it's Strong Guy catching them right when it says, and being there when people need you. No. And that's nice. Yes. Like that that panel art, everything has come together quite well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get Monet talking to Crystal Hair Dude in the warehouse. And he's like, we didn't need you here. The XMs don't need nobody. And Monet says, that's great to hear, really. I'm impressed. 
Now get the hell out of here before I change my mind and let this place collapse on top of your pointy head. Yeah, she's she's li- literally holding up the roof. Yes. <laughs> well, this guy is like, we don't need you. Ugh. I like how they all split up and they're doing good things. Yeah, they really are. Which the only civilian left is the old guy on the roof. And he's talking to himself, surely, surely it's going to be okay. And I'll be with you soon. And Mandrox is there. He says, I'm not surely, but will I do? <laughs> Question mark. And the old guy's like, oh, can you fly? And the answer is no. No, he <laughs> he constructed a pyramid of dupes like they were cheerleaders it's, and climbed up them. It's true. And the, the one of the dupes on the bottom says, can we move this along, please? <laughs> <laughs> but it's well done. Like, can you fly? No, but I have a tower of people. Support. Yeah who got me up here so we go back to Richter access denied thank you for playing and he's having a moment yeah he picks up the chair and just wails it into the monitors because he's saying stupid piece of useless no it's not useless I am useless powerless useless again flings the chair and we get some nice thought bubbles. Maybe in the end, what makes heroes into heroes is that we're just too stupid to quit. And as a result, even in the face of total defeat, we occasionally luck into a win, which is what's happening with this computer after it's been smacked by a chair, pounded by Richter. It says, oh, bugger, systems overload. And the net comes down. Yeah. So he overloaded the system with just a little bit of luck. Yes. And a lot of anger. Yeah. So Val's directing the rescue teams to get in there, get in fast, and they keep calling it the Middle East side. And Val says into her phone, forget it, we don't need Tony Stark anymore. Now I work on finding Madrox and tell him how things are going to be from now on. That's our cliffhanger. That is a face of resolution right there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Real fun issue. We got to see our team in action. It was a, it's sort of a bridge issue. Yes, but it was a good bridge issue. Yes. Because there was more action, not as much dialogue, but because we got those three bystanders that eventually all got saved, Mm -hmm. like that made it more engaging. Yeah. I would say. I'd agree. And we're going to see what Val Cooper does next issue. Yeah. All right. Everyone, chime in. Let us know what you think about this issue. What are your thoughts and feelings? Yeah, and where do you think the team is going? There's a lot happening. So let us know and catch us here next time. You bet. Bye. Stay safe.